Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards Podcast for the week of December 10, 2012. This is episode 174. I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing firm that puts out the show. With me today, remotely chiming in, are... Yeah, Robert Prevo. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to happen. Son of a... I love the free <laughs> flow of this show. Uh, let's start with Adam, since he was polite and waited. Ahead, <laughs> uh, this is Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Robert. Robert Prevo, senior account director at Interval. And Jackie. Jackie Ritaco, account manager with Interval. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm penalized from like speaking up. I had to go last. <laughs> no, that wasn't a penalty. I'm kidding. I know. I'm over it. <laughs> All right. So what do we got to talk about today? We got some stuff here. Uh, let's see. What Some updates. We got some updates. Um, I think my speaking engagements are done for a while. Good. Been all over this. Enjoy the holidays. Yes. With your family and not have to fly all over the damn country. Tarnation. I always have so much fun, though, speaking with healthcare marketers. What a great audience. So look forward to 2013. (laughs) I'll be back out there. But yeah, taking a break for a month. Uh, We have some news here. This is interesting news. Just over the transom. We are starting a new LinkedIn group. So if you are familiar with Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital or you listen to this podcast, you know that we have a LinkedIn group uh, that we launched when the book came out, which was August of last year. And the idea behind the LinkedIn group was to provide a online forum uh, for folks to talk about the transformation of hospital and health system marketing, which is what the book is about. And so it, it served us well. Uh, it's kind of... It's kind of we still have a growing membership, but we really haven't been keeping up with it because as the book has become a little more established and uh, you know it it just didn't it just didn't keep up. So what we thought would be better would be to uh, stick with the same idea because we love the concept of a forum uh, that is basically a place where people can come and talk about the transformation of healthcare marketing. We love the idea of LinkedIn because we know a lot of people. Uh, that we want to engage and then have an interest in that topic are there. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start a new arrogant healthcare marketing bastards LinkedIn group. And the reason we're switching to that is because while the book was great when it came out, and it still is great, by the way, but it's going to have a shelf life, whereas the the podcast is going to go forever and is a constant dialogue around this topic. So we'll always have content uh, it'll, we have, we know we have a strong following for the podcast. So we want everybody who listens to this show, uh, we're going to provide, or we have provided the link to the, to the group uh, in the show notes, and we'll continue to promote that. Uh, we want folks to move over to it. We're going to promote the new group in the existing group. Uh, we'll, we'll shut that down eventually, but for the time being, we'll keep it open. So, uh, members of that group can see and, and know to jump over, but we're very excited about this, aren't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, this only works if you all chime in. And we know that whenever I go out and speak, by the way, speaking of my speaking engagements, I always run into a handful of people that listen to the show religiously. 
And typically, we usually have a few people that, that want to know more and, and join in. So uh, we really want you folks that listen in to, to join this conversation. And this group will be a great way to do that. We do still have as a goal, though I think it's been our New Year's resolution for like three years in a row, but we're going to make it happen. We're going to do this live at least uh, once a month uh, so that we can have folks actually join in and tweet in or even call in, however we're going to do it. Uh, So that'll be another way you can engage the show. But we think this group will be uh, a great way to, to pull that off. So we're excited. Anything else I should add on that? I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. All right. And as always, continue to uh, use the pound AHMB hashtag on Twitter. If you have feedback, if you have uh, topic suggestions, or if you just want to chat with us, uh, that's another forum in which you can engage. Right on. Correct? Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> So now we're going to spend most of the time, I think, talking about this first uh, piece of content, which was sent to us from our old pal, Chris Boyer, who, by the way, we should say congratulations to, because he has moved on and up to a new position. Uh, I believe the title is something to the effect of Vice President of Digital uh, at, uh, oh boy, I'm going to screw the name up, North Shore, (laughs) Long Island, Jewish Healthcare. I think that's right. I might have the names mixed up. Uh, I guess I could pull it up on on the webs and look it up, but I'm too lazy. Uh, but that's in Long Island in, in New York, and he's moving on from Inova where he had uh, a fine stint and did wonderful things there. In fact, he just posted on our Facebook page and his own Facebook page that work we did with them uh, brought in five national awards, their new website, their new heart care website, Fit for 50 wellness program, uh, among those three won five awards. So he did great work there. We loved working with him and uh, hope to continue that uh, that relationship. Even if we don't work with him, Chris is always a friend of the show and of our group. Mm-hmm. So he sent us this. Sorry, holy long aside there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. He sent us this this uh, presentation. And, and actually what it is, it's, a, it's a, an overview of a study that was done uh, recently with Google and Compete. So Compete is, I believe, a uh, research firm. Is that a fair way to put it, you guys? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't, haven't interacted right. with them directly, but that's my assumption. Mm-hmm. A third-party research vendor. And the, the point of their study was to understand how digital drives hospital research and appointments. And just a little bit of overview, uh, and then I'd like to open it up and, and get your guys' perspectives on, on what's contained in here. But they basically did three different things. They tracked hospital researcher activity. So that's consumers when they say researcher. They're talking about people, consumers or patients that are out there um, looking for information. So they track that activity across online platforms uh, between uh, basically 2011. So first quarter 2011 through first quarter 2012. Uh, they analyze the online behavior of users from the start of their research. So usually that starts with the search to the point of conversion. Now they've defined conversion as uh, booking an appointment, finding a doctor or location, or contacting a hospital. And we can talk about uh, maybe a broader definition of that in a little bit. And they also surveyed 533 uh, consumers in May and June of 2012 to gain more behavioral insights. So that's what the study, uh, that's how they created the study. 
And then it goes on for, I don't even know how many pages, many pages, 31 pages of content uh, around what they found. Really a lot of stuff in here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know if we can cover it all. But with that set up, since I've been yapping here nonstop, you guys want to chime in about about what you thought about what you found in here? Anything stood out to you as uh, unique or interesting or surprising or overall? What was your take? Well, you know, I think the obvious thing is they, um, it, the, while the findings I'm sure are, are accurate, um, and, and for the most part support a lot of what we've, uh, been saying, they conveniently, they certainly conveniently align with, uh, Google's, um, incentives <laughs> as an, or motivations as an organization. Just a little bit. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know some of the things like slide seven where it talks about um, you know some of those results. You know we've 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 we fuck, we rip on um, we rip on surveys a lot. So I mean, there's no surprise to anybody that we probably rip on some of this one. But you know things like reputation of the facility being important, obviously important. I mean, there's just certain things that you put. That, you know, if you ask somebody if it's important, they're going to say they're not going to say no. Um, so yeah, I mean, some of it, some of it, I think you got to take with a grain of salt, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. I mean, it, it, there's definitely, um, plenty of evidence to support, um, you know, ha- focusing on search, paying attention to mobile, um, spending some time considering video, uh, you know, so it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. I yeah. What's, help, what's helpful. Oh, ahead, is at, I think what's helpful is looking at the the type of content that people are looking at and it's again things things that i think everybody knows but you know the more interactive content you have videos that type of thing you know that's what what people are are, are checking out yeah it, one of the things that was really interesting to me um to that point robert is that i'm going to find this slide here but they talk about kind of how people start their searches and where they end them and to me this is just like this is the the evidence behind content marketing right so they start by saying that um you know most paths so when people are searching for uh healthcare information they start by searching dominantly for conditions diseases or symptoms so mm-hmm. 49% search for conditions diseases 35% are searching for symptoms uh 10% are searching for branded content meaning they're looking for some place like a hospital or a doctor, and 6% are searching for an actual treatment or procedure. So basically, 84% of people are searching for what is most relevant to them. What the hell's wrong with me? They're not out there looking for you. They're looking for, I don't know what this thing is on my arm. Right? Or, or, yeah, or what's wrong with my kid or with my mom or my dad right. or my brother or whatever. Yeah. Right. But what's, what's interesting to me is where they end up. So 48% of them end up with branded content. Uh, and so, you know, that was 10, and now you've got nearly half of them ended up branded again, meaning they're on a hospital site, they're on a physician site. And what that says to me is they start off by saying, I got something on my arm, what the heck, do, what is this, and what do I do about it? But they want to end up in a place where they can actually take action on it. And that is usually a local solution, right? That's mm-hmm. usually a hospital, a doctor, a clinic, a mini clinic, whatever, uh, because they want to do something about it. And so it's hard to, to do something about the thing on my arm with a, you know, an encyclopedia online or a Yelp review or, you know, WebMD for that matter. If you, if you're actually going to take action on it, you've got to find out where you can go. So that was, 
really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I think that the the one takeaway, the 44% of patients who research hospitals on a mobile device scheduled an appointment, to me that seems really high in a what, good way. What slide is that, Jackie? <laughs> um, it was actually in the summary, so I'm not sure if it's on an actual slide, but it was one of the main bullet points. And yeah, it says 44% of patients who research hospitals on a mobile device scheduled an appointment. And that just seemed, I don't know why, to me, that just seemed really high, but... It did seem high. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's also, it's it's the percentage of people using the device that, you know, there might be 12 people using the device and 44, you know, (laughs) so. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, this is where I think you get to some of the, I'm sure they're not lying with their statistics, but, you know, statistics are easily manipulated on slide 14. They make a huge deal out of saying 77% of patients use search prior to booking an appointment. And so my first instinct when I saw that is there is no way. In fact, they say later that the majority of people still make their appointment um, through the phone, not online. And so that's a misleading quote. It makes it seem like of all patients booking an appointment, 77% use search. Uh, What I'm assuming they mean is of the people who book an appointment online, which is still the minority, um, and I can't find that slide, but... It was only like ten percent of people um, make their appointments in what they call the new way, which is online. So that's an example where they're they're really stretching credulity. What that word <laughs> like that? Yeah, is that is interesting word? how they pull. Yeah. Okay, twenty-one percent. I'm sorry. So they say one in five patients book through non-traditional means, so online. Fifty-six percent do it by the phone. Twenty-three percent book in person. They definitely had to include slide uh, 17. 17, I think the numbers are so damn small for the numbers. Uh, yeah, 17. I guess the number is up at the top, too. Uh, when patients see a paid search ad, they take action. <laughs> yeah, that's bum, funny. Bum, bum. <laughs> but this no, doesn't... I mean, yeah, I mean, but not, not that I'm ripping on, on advertising. Obviously, that is a... Um, if, you're not, if you're not using search advertising, you should definitely be looking into it. Um, you know, I can't just, I'm not going to outright say you definitely should be doing it without knowing more about, you know, your overall marketing mix, but it's definitely something anybody should be considering. So I, I, when I, when I, when I rip on it there, I don't mean to be, uh, (laughs) putting it down because it's a valuable tool. But what does it mean? What does this slide mean? We're on, we're, we're talking about slide 17 in case you're following along at home. And the headline says, when patients see a paid search ad, they take action. And the top number says 35% conduct searches for more information. So what I read that, I basically mean if, if I'm searching for something and there's a paid ad on the right and I continue searching, yeah, what, what does that could, have to do with the paid ad? Right. What, yeah. what good does that do you as an advertiser? Right, right. Actually, they're leaving. Right. Or there's, <laughs> there's they're, only they're going somewhere else. <laughs> there's only one thing that you know, as an advertiser, you want you know that 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 quote unquote they take action would be clicking on your ad. I mean, as an advertiser, that's the action you want. Maybe they yeah, mean that they conduct searches for more information on your hospital when they see that. I, but there's no way click through rate is thirty five percent on any Google ads. So right, I, I don't well, know I th- what that is. I think like if you search heart surgeon and the hospital pops up, then they would might it's saying that they might then enter in the name of the hospital and conduct another search. So they're not actually know. clicking on anything ad related. Well, but other other that. places in there they actually use the word hospital. So I would think they would say conduct search for 
advertised hospital, right. not searches for more information, which just sounds broad and really not even a good thing. It's hard to know. And I would think, well, if, Robbie, if, if, if I saw an ad that was relevant to what I was searching for, um, for, say, a hospital, I probably would just click on the ad. Yeah, Rather I than do. like searching for trying to search for the hospital, because I mean, I mean, I assume that that's going to take me to their website at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, I think sometimes you look at these numbers and they they look impressive, but if you're, you know, I think this included, you know, 533 researchers. So if a, essentially a third of them conducted the search, and then you break that down, and you get down to you know five percent contact with the hospital that was advertised, you're getting to you know pretty likely a small number. I think some of these percentages may look compelling but i think if you peel it back and look at the actual numbers that would probably tell a a more accurate story yep Mm -hmm. it's very much like um uh apple for example whenever when they when they tout iphone and ipad they they put out numbers you know that they're talking about x million units so when they when they talk percentages it's actually impressive numbers but then you look at a company like amazon when they talk about selling tablets and or uh, even Google, when they talk about selling their tablets, they, they'll talk about like a 500% increase over last year, but they don't put out any numbers other than the percentage. So you have no idea what mm-hmm. that's an increase of. So these percentages in that case and in this case can, can look really impressive, but you know, without knowing you know, as much as you possibly can know about the actual numbers that are behind these percentages, it's, uh, it can be a little misleading. Yes. But, you know, I'll, I'll use these just like, you know, they're using their statistics to probably benefit themselves. I, I'm good to use some of this content maybe in a similar way, not to benefit us specifically, but to support my contentions. And, and, and not just mine. I mean, page or slide 26, this is something that Adam has brought up probably, gosh, two years ago. But whenever I speak, uh, I'm harping on this all the time. The idea that mobile is not about you know, walking around looking for an address. It's usually how you interact with the internet more and more. There's a slide that shows uh, when people are searching using mobile, where are they doing it? And it's 23% are while visiting a friend or family, 27% while at work, 20% while out of town, 16% while in a doctor's office. So all those are outside the home, Mm -hmm. 61% while at home. Right. So by far, almost triple any of the other answers People are using mobile sitting on their couch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what Adam has always said. You know, mobile doesn't mean you're walking around. You know, using whatever you're you're at home. Just you know, right. because you don't want to lug your computer, or your computer's up in the office, and you, yep. you're on the couch. Yep. I mean, if you're if you if when you think mobile, you're thinking purely you know about people who are on quote unquote on the go. Um, you're thinking about mobile wrong. That is absolutely the wrong way to think about it. Yes. That is part of the mix. It is something you should consider. But think of when you see the word mobile, think of a, a device that's untethered. Don't think about people who are out and about running errands and doing their thing. Mobile means it's a mobile device. It doesn't mean that the person is mobile. It means that it's something that's in their pocket. It's in their hand. It's with them all the time. And largely replacing the traditional devices people have been using in the past. So start thinking about mobile the right way, people. Come on, do it. Do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got one more thing, and then I'm done with this one. Um, but it's a huge, it's a great resource. We'll post it. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. But I want to go back to where Adam started, which was on slide seven. And what's interesting to me here is that this really doesn't, I don't think, benefit Google to say this. I'm assuming this comes from the survey, though, which is where I think Adam was getting at. And the, the, basically what I think they're saying here is what is most important to you 
as a patient or a prospective patient when you're considering your where you want to receive care. And this is what's a little startling. So 94% said reputation of facility is, I don't know if it's just important or most important, you can't tell, uh, but that's the top answer. Number two is accepted by health plan mm-hmm. uh, at 90%. 86% is recommended by a physician. 85% is used as latest technology, which to me is a bunch <laughs> of horse manure. Yeah. And fift- 51% is recommended by friends and family. Now That's low. Over yeah, research I have seen over and over and over says word of mouth, friends and family is the number one influencer on consumers. Um, mm-hmm. As far as where they consider where they're going to receive care, there's a little bit of a chicken and the egg deal there. Uh, so <laughs> if if you're a woman and you've just become pregnant and you want to figure out where you want to deliver, uh, certainly you probably have in your mind ideas of where the best place is. But you're also going to talk to your sister who has three kids. You're going to talk to your coworker who just had a baby. And, and I, you know, my guess is that those recommendations, if not supporting the reputation or yeah. brand reputation yep. you have, are going to overwrite it. Well, uh, not to only- say that it's half as important as reputation is – that's shocking to me if that's I can't believe that that's actually the case but not, not only that but what is the foundation of the, the first of that 94% for a reputation of facility i mean mm-hmm. how do you know what the facility's reputation is without speaking to somebody who's gone there your friends or family um or you know your physician you know that was the third one down 86% recommended by physician i mean if you have no personal experience with an organization how in the hell is reputation? I mean, where where are you? Where how are you learning about the reputation? What is dude? That's our whole business rates. model. <laughs> no, I, per, yeah, I mean, yeah. Is, is it award? I mean, you're looking at their awards, saying, "Oh, they've won." Well, yeah. uh, but I mean, if you're if certainly you would, I, I don't think this is what you mean, Adam. I mean, I don't have to go to a hospital to have a reputation built in my mind over the years from what I've heard here and there, what I've seen in the news, what advertising I've seen. Uh, right, what but I that also assumes them. that you've seen or experienced all those things. I mean, I. I I don't have necessarily any opinion about a number of hospitals in our area that, I mean, there's so many of them. I, I do have opinions about some of them, but not all of them. So for the no, hospitals, that's true. for those, and, and I assume that's the case for most people. So what, you know, how, how do I go about understanding a hospital's reputation with, without having any kind of back history whatsoever? You know, it's talking to people who may have gone there. You know, I hop on Facebook and ask if anybody's got any experience there. And that goes right down to, you know, recommendations from friends, from friends and family. So I just, I, that number to me just seems weird because it just assumes that you know everything or at least have a pretty solid understanding of every one of your options. And I think that's just BS. Well, I think if you look at this, you know, I think Adam, you pointed this out earlier, but if you asked people, are these things important? You're obviously going to say yes. Right. The fact that it has yes. a good yeah. reputation that if of course, it needs to accept your healthcare plan. It's kind of an interesting mix. You know, when I think of brand, you know, reputation, sure, accepts healthcare plan. Uh, that, that factors in the, the decision-making process, but I don't know that I'd lump that into brand necessarily. And then recommended by a physician, mm-hmm. again, are we, you're, you're, you know, is the, is the physician recommending the brand? I mean, I think this, no. this slide's Aren't a you, little... little yeah, the title it's a, it's of the slide a mix is, of a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah the title right. of the slide is a little doesn't really line up with some of the results well, right. that come below it. I don't think the title is saying that all these things are related to brand. The title is saying brand is important because it's showing up as the because number it's one number answer. one. Sure, sure. 
So they're not saying accept healthcare plan is the brand. They're saying they're saying reputation is brand, and it's the number one answer. So clearly, it's important. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you. What you started with saying, Robert, that yes, of course, you're going to say the reputation is important. I, and this is where you got to be careful with asking consumers what's important to them, because I think most people don't realize how they leverage friends and family on an ongoing basis. And to, to Adam's point, if you have in your mind a reputation, um, perception of an organization, of any brand, a lot of it has come from friends and family. And you, right. don't, you don't remember that um, over the years because it does build up over years. Um, you may not remember all of that, but a lot of it is, you know, I heard somewhere that they did a wrong side surgery. And that might not have been in the news. That might have been your neighbor or whatever. And you're not giving that credit. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. It's you always got to be careful about ripping on the statistics when they don't support what you agree with. But this is contrary to most research I've seen. So it's not just what I believe. It's other sources. So there. Yep. What else? I... <clears throat> There any other slides Anything that are worth covering? No, in fact, I think we should just. There's so much in here. Yeah, um, like f- I don't even know if we go to our second topic because we're almost at a half hour anyway, and and this is really good stuff. So, uh, you can save you it. Know, save it. Though I am a millennial. Oh, does it define? So here's the, a the breakpoints for the ages in here. <laughs> Here's a statistic that I think is really interesting. Again, it certainly is is Google-friendly. Um, Slide 16. 43% of visits to hospital websites originate from a search engine, which is I, probably true. But that just shows you, you know, that's, I've heard, I think Chris Boyer actually said this, but he, he may have got it from somebody else, or maybe Adam, you said it, that Google is the homepage for your website. Yeah, I mean, it's the mm-hmm. homepage for the internet for the most part. I mean, that's where that's where people start. You know, looking looking for you. Even people who know. I mean, it's it's bizarre to watch. I mean, I I I've never. I do not ever go to Google and type a URL into Google. But people, some people do that. That's what they do. If they want to go to hotmail dot com, they'll go to Google and type it into Google rather than typing you hate it into that, their. Don't you? Well, I wouldn't say I hate it. It's just kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah. It's surprising how people interpret um, the way they should use you know, a browser, and you know, it's. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that approach. I mean, it gets them where they need to go, and, and that's what they're used to. So it's it's weird. Yeah, it just it also goes to show that I think a lot of people fear the URL bar or really are just unfamiliar with what the heck it is. Um, you know, for me, like if you look at, I think Safari behaves this way now. I know one of the things I love about Chrome, Google Chrome, is my preferred browser is that the the URL bar is also a search bar. If I type search criteria into the URL bar it knows mm-hmm. that I'm searching for something and it's the searches. If I type a URL into there, it goes to the URL. Um, so I, I, browsers are trying to make steps to, to, to just go in that direction. Um, it can, it kind of comes down to, too, and I, there was a great case study from Amazon. I don't know if you remember how Amazon.com looked about, I don't know, six, seven years ago when the top, the, the masthead of the site was just filled with an insane number of tabs that were like all stacked on top of each other to get into almost like any category. Yeah. And they had a yeah. really complicated search interface or you know, fairly complicated. It had, you could type, you could type some terms into a box and then next to that, there were menus as well to drop down and select categories and things like that. So you could refine your search from the get go, but people didn't, 
used the, they didn't use the menus and a lot of people didn't even use the search because it was confusing. Um, so what people are realizing or these companies, browser companies, websites have, have been realizing over the years is that got to simplify this stuff. I mean, combine the URL, combine the search bar, the URL bar with, um, you know, the ability to type in search criteria. Don't have a bunch of drop down menus and stuff to filter searches further, at least not in your main search interface. Maybe you can provide an advanced search, you know, UI that people could go to if they wanted to, but simplify, simplify, simplify. That's another thing we always harp on. But it's true. Well, let's, Keep it easy. It's got to be easy to use. Let's simplify this podcast by ending it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Nice. Sorry. All right. That's. But we could probably come back to this this topic. So um, maybe we could see if we could ring up Chris Boyer and get him on the horn next time and get his input on this. But um, we're going to leave it at that. We want to give you a reminder. You know, we forgot that we even had this tool for a while, but it was when we first promoted it, we had a lot of people using it. We have a marketing transformation self-assessment on the homepage of our uh, website. So it's a series of questions related to the changes you can find in the Joe Public book. So you can kind of assess you know, where you're at with transformation in your own organization and maybe where you need to focus uh, and move things forward. So we have a link provided for that in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'd love to, for folks to, to continue to use that. We've met a few people through that and... It's always fascinating. I think we could take a look at what's happened over the year and report back maybe um, how people are answering. But don't forget to use that. Follow us on Twitter at Interval Crew Mm -hmm. or individual handles at Interval Chris. That's me. Yep. I am uh, at AP Meyer. Adam, that's me. I don't do much, so don't follow me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at RG Prevo. Nice. <laughs> Jackie's handle is at don't tweet me. We still got to get Jackie's <laughs> hashtag go blow. I think once Jackie updates her handle to her, to her, to her good handle, then maybe she'll, then I'll be want, inspired. She'll want everyone to know about it. Yeah. All right. I'll work on that. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up there for arrogant healthcare marketing bastards. This is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. Hello. Robert Prevo. <laughs> Jackie for Taco. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>